join me on Facebook Live if you can. Morning Brew, as always. What is this I see before me? It is, in fact, the one and only Steve Vines. Good to talk to you, Steve. Well, I'd like to say it's nice to be here, but it was so much nicer when I didn't have to come here. <laughs> you, 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 could, you couldn't possibly. Anyway, great to see, great, great to see you back. Uh, so, uh, it was lovely seeing you in the fish tank, by the way. That was, that was really the business, but uh, here we are again. With the piranhas, yes, it was back, lovely. Back yes. in the room, yeah. So what have you been up to, apart oh, from not going out? Well, there's been not going out, then there was not going out, um, and then there was, then there was, because I live in the middle of the sticks, um, going into the countryside and yeah. suddenly realising that other people do it. I, I I always thought the countryside around my house actually belonged to me. I now discover that they, there's hordes of people who go there. Yeah. It's quite disconcerting. It's put my dogs right off. <laughs> I can tell you, they are not happy campers. They were very used to, to stumping up and down the country park trails without anybody being there. Yeah. And uh, there was one Sunday when I almost had... Uh, you, you know, I don't know about this coronavirus, but I almost had a heart attack. I noticed they were queuing up to get into the country park, and I thought, right, <laughs> don't, don't, don't that's do it, that. that's it. Yeah, well, don't do that. Well, anyway, here we are. Yeah. I mean, the world keeps turning, the clocks keep ticking, and boy, oh boy, don't they? What have you got for us today? Well, I, I, I'm, I've, I've, I've been thinking about this, um, and you, you know, we have today, but they're coming like bang, bang. Bang! We have yesterday, rather, you, the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office um, talking about the spread of a political virus in mm. Hong Kong on the basis of the fact that a couple of dozen people turned out for a demonstration the other day. I think what's happening, and I have actually, be serious folks for a moment, I've been thinking about this for a while, I think that they're in a right state up there in Beijing. Mm. I think that the, the situation is this, is that they're completely, they're getting more and more frenetic. And this is a sign of weakness. This is not a sign of strength. You know, every time they press a button, nothing happens. Mm. So they think, oh, we'll change the chief executive. We'll bring a new one in. And they brought four in so far, none of whom have been even vaguely <coughs> successful in the job. The, the number four, um, the Sino herself, the chief executive in name only, um, is is merely the the least successful among a, a whole cacophony of unsuccessful people, but then you have they can't get the right people, mm. they can't even get the right people to lead the pro-China camp. I mean, they're all a bunch of numpties. You know, they go to them, they give them a script, and they can't barely read it out correctly. So they're they're exasperated with the person they've put in office or the persons they've put in office, and because they believe in the great maxim of if it doesn't work a first time, keep trying it. You know, um, we know what Mr. Einstein well, what had to say about that. What about this notion that you think you've picked the right person, and then perhaps when they're put when, the, when they the red light goes on, yeah, maybe that's <laughs> well. You know, I mean, they now they've now got this uh, new character in charge of constitutional affairs, who whose whose main distinction in life seems to be that he has a big plaque with Xi Jinping's. Uh, face on it in the middle of his office. I mean, you know, they'll be disappointed with him. They're disappointed with all of them. They keep thinking they've got an ultra-loyalist, an ultra-this, ultra-that, and it doesn't work. So they're disappointed with the leaders they put in. The Hong Kong people are an absolute nightmare because they keep being told what to do and 
they don't do it so they press that button and nothing happens they then do this is what all dictatorships do they then do you know um going way back going way back they yeah. do you know the classic thing that we all know from casablanca round up the usual suspects so they then you know they've been there's now eight thousand people have been arrested since the protests began last june mm -hmm. uh, they've now taken to arresting all the traditional leaders of the pan-democratic camp and they think that will make it go away and it doesn't they then thought that the coronavirus would make it all go away and it clearly hasn't made it go away they they've tried everything i mean they've tried marxism even god how desperate does a communist party have to be to resort to marxist ideology that was if you remember last november when they suddenly discovered that the the, the real cause of the protests were people complaining about bad housing and lack of lack of opportunity in hong kong the fact that none of the protesters actually were complaining about that is neither here nor there but mm. they decided that was their narrative of what was going on and that fell completely flat and you know now they're they're what's the word they're sort of flouncing around they've got another one of these U new united front organizations set up with a whole brand um uh, what raft of new leaders you know cy Leung, <coughs> ch tung <coughs> maria tam tam yu chung i mean it's the same people in the old pot being remixed and the hope presumably is that somehow this this new organization which incidentally is called i think revive hong kong so if you've got two chief executives who did such an appalling job yeah. that hong kong needs reviving maybe they might want to reflect on that let me give you a slightly different angle on this one so, so. is it possible that this actually says more about the people of Hong Kong than it does about the tried and tested old methods of various regimes. That the people of Hong Kong, according to what you're saying, are going, yeah, yeah, come on, bring us on another one. We're not stupid. We may have been born at night, but it wasn't last night. Well, I think this is the problem. Um, you know, that we come back to the famous uh, Bertolt Brecht thing about, you know, the people have disappointed the party. The time has come to change the people. Mm. So we have this enormous the difficult situation if you're the leader of a dictatorship in Beijing where you have seven million odd people in Hong Kong not of course all of one mind mm. that never happens and shouldn't happen but you have a population of seven million plus who just won't take it just will not take seemingly it. not you, you, is you this a surprise bung people in jail well I think the the lesson that they draw is a lesson they draw from a place that doesn't exist they think that somehow Hong Kong will ultimately become exactly the same as the mainland. I mean, that may still happen, but at the moment it just hasn't happened. The different culture, the different history, and very much different time, type of society. They just say, these things are all irrelevant. They're Chinese. They should do what they're told. We can get people on the mainland to do what they're told. And there's 1.4 billion of them. How come 7 million people in Hong Kong cannot do what they're told? cannot this tremble and ablay yes and i think they're immensely frustrated now what they're doing this lashing out putting people in jail denouncing this one calling for that one to be fired <coughs> you know standing up at these press briefings saying the whole world is against us it's awful we're all alone nobody loves us they're like millwall supporters and <laughs> they they think they think that somehow if they they just just Panel, panel on and you know 
lash out in every direction, somehow the end result will be good. There's no evidence for this. Mm. In fact, if you look at other dictatorships, what's happening in the Chinese dictatorship is very, very similar to what happened in the last days of the Soviet Union, where, where they, they thought, after crushing the uprising in Czechoslovakia, the discontent in the Baltic states, they thought, that's it. Job done. Mm. Five years later, well, not five, it depends where, where, which, where you make your starting point, but, but say a decade later, the system disintegrated completely because they had no way of sustaining it. They only had a way of putting a lid on it. Mm. And that's the problem with dictatorships. They're very good at suppression, but they're no good at continuity. So I think that, that the situation in Hong Kong compounded obviously by the coronavirus, the enormous downturn sure. in the Chinese economy, the stirrings of social unrest in China itself, albeit at the moment kept well under control. All of this is causing a blue funk up in Beijing. I don't know what they Is this a going... first? I mean, you think this sounds like a funk of they can this, deal with well, this, surely? <clears throat> the last blue funk, of course, was in 1989 with, with yeah, consequences yeah. That, that we know about. The difference, I think, now is 1989, we're talking about the, the Tiananmen Square protest, which incidentally, even though I use that term, I happen to know is incorrect, because there were protests in places other than All Beijing. Over the place. They were in Shanghai, they were even down, down south in And in, in Beijing suburbs, really, yes. was it's trickled in, in from indeed, there. Indeed, indeed. So, I mean, anyway, it's a shorthand, and, and it, it's becoming in common usage. But the fact of the matter is, that in 1989, these protests were largely one section of the community. Workers did join in, but they were primarily students. Mm. <coughs> in, in some places outside of Beijing, they were pr primarily workers. But the fact of the matter was that, that those protests were suppressible in the sense that they were out in the streets. Mm. And you could send in a tank and crush people, literally. Mm. At the moment... The arena of protest is on social media. It's in people's minds. It's much more all-pervasive. And nobody really knows the extent of it. My own impression is, and the more circumstantial evidence that we're getting, is that it's more widespread than at any other time. And the problem is that you have a regime that bases its entire credibility on its ability to deliver economic growth. Mm. I mean, you know, it, I don't say it's it's um, <coughs> reasonable that they should be able to do that after the coronavirus, but that isn't going to happen. You know what people want to talk about this morning? As you're, I mean, as you do come back to this, join us on Facebook Live. You can easiest way to put up uh, put up some messages <coughs> and bits that. and pieces. Um, they well, look, here's the deal. From uh, John's just sent me yeah. a, an email, very quick one. He said, "Ask him about the CU." mask it looks yes. like a sanitary pad who got the untendered contract for this money spinner says john too little too late and i've got an email here from one of our listeners jonathan that i've put up on our screen here not your address don't worry about that um and i'd like to read it so 
he puts up a press release, I think it's something, or a news item. It says, Chief Executive Carrie Lamb said at the press briefing on Tuesday that the government had set aside 800 mil as part of its anti-epidemic fund to subsidise the development of reusable masks. So Jonathan goes on, he said, the above is from a news bulletin. I'm not sure whether the 800 mil includes buying the new face masks, but would hope so, as otherwise it seems an awful lot of money for developing something fairly basic. I am sure many companies could do it for a lot less. On a related matter, says Jonathan, there is a wonderful irony in a government that so recently went to court to prevent people wearing face masks, now insisting that masks, quote, must be worn if people want to get out and about as usual and promises to come down hard on those who flout the mask rule. Nearly there. So if you find yourself caught up in an unlawful assembly, which are usually only deemed to be unlawful later when it sues the police, says Jonathan, are you supposed to remove your face mask or just keep on? Just asking. Thank you. Well, for that, just asking. I mean, it's a pertinent question. In fact, um, there were people charged in court yesterday with with, with uh, wearing face masks. Interesting. No, I hang on, that. Okay. Yeah. Now, but but this this thing about these suddenly materialised reusable masks. Remember, we're in May. Yeah. That that the, the the that is. I'll be generous and say four months too late it's it's but possibly it five seem, months i mean unless to, i've missed something well what's happened in the in the intervening period is hong kong people god bless them worked it out for themselves and found ways of getting masks that the government with their clipboard malfunctions were, were unable to do so now suddenly they have access to an enormous cash so we're told of reusable masks i mean very good happy to hear it but what is the reason they can't tell us who's got the contract? What is the reason they tell us that there couldn't be a normal, normal tendering process? And this is where the, 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 the stench of the brown stuff starts getting intense. Because the explanation given, I, I didn't make it up, this is what they say, the explanation given is they couldn't tell us, couldn't tell us, i.e. the great unwashed, who had got the contract. Because if they did, Suppliers to the mask supplier would put their prices up. But hang about, are they saying that they're going to produce 8 million masks after they've made the announcement? Or are they saying the 8 million masks have produced and they're now to be distributed? I mean, one of those has got to be true. If they're saying that they've announced this and they haven't even started production, that's scary beyond belief. That means that on top of levels of incompetence that make a, make a mountain look tiny, they're actually announcing a, a scheme that they can't fulfil because there's no production. Or, more likely, they have got production underway, in which case they don't need to worry about whether suppliers will put the price up or not. Oh, and by the way, do they know how supply and demand works? It I, works. It doesn't work because the government said, oh, we, we've placed a big order with um uh ping pong and company it works how did you know it was there uh, how did i know sorry I, I let that slip out sorry sorry folks yeah. <clears throat> you didn't, the acme you, mask you, you didn't hear that yeah. um but i mean the, the the fact of the matter is that that there's an enormous demand for the materials to make these surgical masks there's an enormous increasing capacity of people making them so this excuse of they can't tell us because it might put the prices up 
Oh boy! But, but that, that... In, in, in the in, in the in the litany of of unconvincing explanations, this is oh, this I, is very high. I'm, I'm going to push the button. I promise. But doesn't this then knock on to the entire process of government tendering? Absolutely. You know, if I told you who's supplying the piano for our next gig, the well, piano maker. Oh. Anyway, sit tight. Join us on Facebook Live if you can. Morning Brew is the page. Back with Steve Vines in just a little while. <laughs> Right. More emails have turned up, Steve, on the good old steam morning brew one. So shall I read a couple of them? send letters. Yes, telexes are always preferable on this programme. This is from, let's see, Douglas. He said, I registered for my free mask online. Very efficient. Just two things. They don't ask for your mask size. And two, why can't they do the same for the cash handout just as fast? Does Calamity Carry think no one notices these things, says can, Douglas? Can, can we just stop there? Because that's a very good point. Listeners are on this morning. Yeah, on, the, on. I mean, you know. They, they are still saying that, that the only time they could possibly distribute this $10,000 is right ahead of the ledge collections, and there is no connection between those two things. Mm. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, and remember the other excuse? I mean, so, so you had the poor excuse of you couldn't say who was the mask supplier because... Uh, because uh, Waffle, what? Waffle. I thought it was all about being kosher. And no, well, it was all about, and... you know, the fact that, that they may then have to play more for materials. Honestly... It, it it's so thin it wouldn't you know it wouldn't qualify for so tissue what do, you, paper. what do you what do you purely speculatively i think when a government doesn't want to tell you something there's a smelly reason for it i think it's as simple as that there's an unbroken record for governments withholding information and they never withhold information because it's good news or it reflects well on them it's as simple as that. Yes, yeah, I don't know what. Well, the well, done, well done to John for getting Steve onto this because I, I just would have didn't <laughs> but, think twice. But on the, on the on the on the on the ten thousand dollars, I mean, the, the, so their excuse is even more unbelievable. It's all because the banking system in Hong Kong couldn't possibly cope with this. Oh. What? Please. <laughs> That's a crack. You know, why, one why, of the why? world's most sophisticated banking systems. Oh, because they'd have to change their software. And that takes, oh, that takes ages and can only be done ahead of alleged co election. I mean, it's a well known banking fact. Right, let's say Ask hello. Ask any to, expert. Let's say hello to John quickly. I mean, we know what John's just written. We do know this. He, he says, <laughs> uh, mask giveaway revealed, Steve. He said, the reusable mask project started development in 2017. There are three sponsors of the project, which happened through HKRITA. And he, t he puts a link up there he said the three project sponsors paid 1.28 mil towards the project one project sponsor is a company from beijing two are apparel companies in hong kong according to john well thanks well i wonder if they are indeed the companies if if they are it'd be good to know about that wouldn't it it doesn't matter who they are it's just why no all, no all of the things you've just said and and who is the owner of course is always an interesting question yeah let's say hi to kev um <laughs> Um, Kevin, uh, this is a bit what he said, do you think the lifespan of Radio 3 is under threat from a triad-associated lawyer? <laughs> I've no idea, Kev, but if you meet us outside at 11.15, behind the third car from the left, we'll have a chat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. What else have we got here? David, some boffin will want to sell to England or America to get their money back. So basically, people want to talk about masks this morning. Do you know what, Steve? QED, you said amid all the COVID stuff and everything else, people aren't really giving this stuff a lot of thought. Well, I'm one of them. You're just bringing it out now. I know, I know. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's, first of all, people remain worried. Let's be under no illusion about this. This thing has not gone away. I mean, it's fantastic news that there's been a sharp drop 
in the level of infections in Hong Kong. It's even better news that the level of deaths we've had here has been so low. Yeah. I get all of that. But you, you, you cannot turn on, a news, uh, t turn on a television, a radio station, preferably a radio station, and fail to have somewhere at the top of a bulletin a, a litany of more people who've died, more people who've been affected. Mm. It, I mean, human beings aren't stupid. They realise this is a worry. If it is possible, and the, the science is still not absolutely clear on this, yeah. that you can prevent infection through the wearing of masks, why not give that a go? If social distancing works, why not give that a go? If social distancing can be distancing can be politicised in the way it's being in Hong Kong, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> I think I've got a sensible one. Here. I mean, a, a, an informed one here. Yes. From, uh, Diego joins us on Morning Brew's Facebook page. Please do as well. He says China banking on continuous economic growth is a dangerous way, especially with the new groove of moving away from Chinese imports here in Europe. I don't know where you are, but thanks for joining us. Due to the corona epidemic, he says the press, oh, the press here in Switzerland is full of it. If China wants to keep social control over its people, they might move to new strategies, question mark. But which ones? Well, you know, uh, this does get to the heart of the problem because China, remember, is still on, on target. They haven't changed the target for annual growth of 6%, which I, I think is just ludicrous. It, it, it's not going to be achieved. We may well hear a, a new figure come out of the NPC meetings. But, but, the fact of the matter is that this has been an enormous wake-up call for the West of the world, mm. who are now saying, ah, we're getting all that stuff from China. Isn't this the, the week? Isn't this the month? Isn't this the day in which we should really start about diversifying our supply lines and none of that is good news for an economy that is so heavily dependent on exports admittedly the economy is moving in the other direction it's getting more more dependent on its own domestic consumption but you know there's a sufficient layer that is entirely dependent on the export trade which will if it disappears it won't disappear entirely but if it if it shrinks to any considerable degree will deliver a hammer blow to that economy from which it doesn't recover. Mm. I mean, you know, this is the ludicrous thinking of Trump in the States is that if he can stop people exporting steel, say, from China, importing steel from China, suddenly there will be a new steel industry in America. There won't be. It doesn't add up. Once the ship has left port, yeah. it's left port. It doesn't come back. You do not revive these industries. You merely go to other places to get that same level of production. And you don't revive the industries because in a country like America, lots of countries in Europe, they're at another stage of development. They, they're not going to go back to heavy industry. They'll be doing clever things with other software, things. clever things with this, that and the other. So, you know, I mean, China's problem is it's caught between enormous reliance on heavy industry the beginning, but not yet, the full emergence of a high technology company, a, a high technology industry. Yeah. It, it just exists in, in sort of spots within the mainland. It doesn't, <coughs> it's not universal throughout the country. So, you know, whereas you may well have a very thriving economy in the south, particularly around Shenzhen, mm. that's not going to help people in Wuhan or, or somewhere more northerly. 
I know. Because they don't have all of that stuff. Let's just say hello to some people on Facebook. Uh, lots of lots of um, connections to underpants. Oh. People are talking about underpants here, but that's the, that's the gut reaction of people to things, isn't it? You say, so David Hodges, hello Dave in Australia. He says, looks like a pair of underpants. You make budgie smugglers. Uh, Bill... <laughs> says more money for her cronies we've read diego so good to hear from you alvin good to see you as well he said that granny underpants of an excuse for a mask is just carrie lamb's twisted way to insult everybody so underwear it is it is based on her day. dress sense may i just say but they do look like the stripy ones you used to get in tesco's don't they oh, I, or I, it. <laughs> can i just say other brands are available yeah, no, cna <laughs> tells you which way around to wear them yeah. <laughs> yeah. anyway I, it's, it, I mean you know can I just say, I don't think they'd employed a designer for this one. <laughs> Moving on, Steve, all yours. Well, it's hard to move on from that, isn't it? <laughs> uh, um, I, I, I just want to come back very briefly to this, this new cockamamie organisation that's been started by um, uh, Tung Chi and C.Y. Leung and, and the usual gang. If I was a member of, of the pro-democratic camp um, getting ready for the election in September... I would be sitting back and saying, can you please be a bit more high profile? Can we see more of you? Because that is that group of people who nobody likes, except for their support. They're already committed supporters, but nobody who's sort of wavering between the Democrats and somewhere else. Hmm. Nobody likes those people. The more they see of them, the more they're going to drive people into the voting booths on behalf of the Democratic camp. What has been their first move? Because instead they're claiming to be non-political. An interesting claim. Um, they say we've got nothing to do with politics, but those rioters, well, those demonstrators, war, well, they're scum. You know, no, nothing to do with politics. What's the first thing they're going to do? Well, that's right. They're going to give out masks. Ten million of them, apparently. It, there's something, there's a new thing, a new mantra in the pro-China <laughs> camp and the government that masks... Are the way to go. Yeah, but masks yeah, but, will bring us. Yeah, but, yeah, but, <laughs> masks will bring us peace. Well, uh, I I always think that that, that Hong horses? Kong people are very sensible. They'll say thank you, thank H you for the mask. I shall now go. Open. I shall I shall now go and vote for somebody in the pro democratic camp. You guys have got a lot of money. I'll take your masks, but you know. I'll tell you what we should do right now. A new segment, Steve. A new segment? Basically, so I can play with more toys. Do join us on Facebook Live. Morning Brew, getting some Alvin. He said, well, they're no Victoria's Secret, are they? So he's got... <laughs> Let's have a look. I'm going to pop up some... I'm going to pop up our RTHK news okay. page on our screen, and we'll have a flick around uh, and see what's what going on there. So basically, Steve, <coughs> um, the top of today's one, I'm just going to get it now, is it's all right to ease distancing measures, says experts. We... We heard about this yesterday, uh, said on Thursday, well, must have earlier today, that it's now appropriate time to relax social distancing measures given that 17 days have passed, no locally transmitted cases of COVID. Well, none of us are scientists. What's your take? Well, I add that I'm not a scientist either. I think the fact of the matter is that you cannot have the level, you cannot sustain the level of control that people have been prepared to accept in Hong Kong. Mm. And it's, in fact, been lower than it has in, in many European countries, for example. But people here have been sufficiently disciplined. They want to see the products of that discipline be translated into a um, contagion-free atmosphere in Hong Kong. I yeah. think that's all very reasonable. What I'm really worried about now is the increasing tendency of the government 
to see this easing of controls through a very narrow political lens. The thing that they're most obsessed by is this question of social distancing because we're coming into a very big political sensitive season. Mm. We've got the June the 4th commemoration on the horizon. It also in June is the first anniversary of the protests. Pick a date, you could say it's the one million people strong rally, the two million people strong rally, you could say it was the first very violent protest in Admiralty. I mean, pick a date. So, But the fact of the matter is June is sensitive and people will want to come out on the streets and will the government use the opportunity of the corona pandemic mm. to prevent that happening or we'll see. I think, you know, this is... The, the fact that the, the, the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office is talking about the eruption of a political virus in Hong Kong that removes word. any illusion of the distinction between the two events. They are determined to combine them into a single horrible mess. And the people on the other side of the fence will say, well, you know, if that's what you've, you're saying, we'll, we'll, we'll go with that as well. Yeah. It's not, it's not going to end well, any of that. The timing is actually perfect. Let's go back and pick a couple more before we say goodbye. Uh, going down the list here, let's have a look and see what we've got. Locus. Well, I see they're finally, if you, if you look down this list, <coughs> they finally, finally, kicking and screaming, organised an evacuation of Hong Kong residents from India. I mean, isn't that extraordinary that it's taken so long? They got some people back from Pakistan last week, not, mm. not a great number. Um, and do you notice the way this is done? When they go to Japan or go to Wuhan, the, all these these waxworks from government departments are queuing up to get on the plane and be there and be photographed in the airport with their kit on, what have you. Mm. Not a single one of them is volunteering to go to Pakistan or India. No, no question of discrimination there. Cathay, which carried people back from these other places, is not involved in this. I gather the Indian one is going to be... Um, take the people are coming back through Air India. In, it is called Indian Air, Air India. Etc., um, etc. Et um, there is something very different about those evacuations from evacuations we've seen even from Peru, which is much further away. Yeah. Quite yeah. interesting. Let's just go to the sort of thing that everybody's kind of talking about, which is people think <coughs> it's slowly but surely all starting to kick off again. I'm looking at my screen here and we've got, uh, you know, uh, what's police clear protesters in Tun Soi Wai Mal. Yeah. We've got, uh, here we are, let me, we've got councillors holding sit-in outside an office. Uh, and we've got one more that says crowd control leaving some book lovers in a bind. So all these little stories are doing the rounds, certainly on RTHK's news page this morning. But, and I think that goes to the big question of, you know, if they think that the coronavirus has put an end to Hong Kong's protest movement, they obviously think that, you know, there's a man living in the moon. Get someone 